broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. We've been throwing the question out there on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What person, position group, what is it or who is it you think needs to step up and have a big game coming up on Sunday versus the Arizona Cardinals? We'll get back to some more of your feedback again on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. After we talk to our good friend Adam Hill from the RJ and also ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. And Adam, man, I'll start with you. Uh, who do you think this game on Sunday is big for? Who needs to step up and have a have a real good game for the Silver and Black? Well, I'm not saying that they didn't, but I think, you know, Crosby and Jones, and Crosby especially especially against the run was awesome on Sunday. Uh, but, I mean, it, a lot of responsibilities on them, right? They're paid the big bucks to yep. impact a game and to impact quarterbacks, and you can't let Kyler Murray kind of go nuts on you. Um, you know, he can be contained. He can be inconsistent at times, but he also can be explosive and just kill you. So, um, a lot of the defense is going to be under pressure, uh, but I think that those guys, in terms of you know maintaining discipline, not just kind of putting their head down and getting after them, making sure you uh, keep them in the pocket and then take them down and um, you know create some chaos in the backfield. I think it's a lot of a lot of that is going to fall on them. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree 100. percent That's why I asked the question to Coach McDaniel's earlier about. How, how difficult it's going to be to, to be disciplined with Kyler Murray because he just makes so many off-schedule things really happen that could be trouble. Uh, as far as the injury report, it came out a little earlier. Uh, guys that like Trayvon Merrick, Denzel Perriman, they didn't participate. Andre James, he's dealing with concussion, so he can only participate once he clears that. But uh, how concerning is the injury report right now for the Raiders? Uh, you know, I'm concerned, certainly. I think if you're, uh, if you're a Raiders fan, you're probably concerned. Uh, the Andre James one, obviously not a surprise, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, I I got to see him get loaded in the ambulance after the game. It was it was kind of disconcerting because you know he was he put sunglasses on in the locker room. Uh, obviously, he was dealing with something, and um, you were trying to figure out kind of what it was. And then he got put in the ambulance, and he was smiling and laughing and in great spirits. And you're just thinking, it's just so it's so weird to see somebody, you know, under that kind of care going to an ambulance. Like, how is he? And uh, sound like there was concern from the team, but it was kind of cleared up by a lot of the tests, and he was released. So, uh, great news, really. You know, it's never great dealing with a head injury, but right. um, really, really good news, encouraging uh, that he was doing better. But obviously, he does have to clear. So, um, that's a concern, especially because Andre James, the guy that you know has you know held down that center position, uh, and you know they've got options there. Obviously, they bring in Billy Price and sign him. They might need to activate him. They've got uh, Grasso around, and Dylan Parma taking some reps. But um, you know, center exchanges are such a weird part of the sport. It's, it's never talked about, never discussed until something goes horribly wrong. And, you know, you don't want to go into a game with that as a question mark. So uh, that's certainly one to monitor. Uh, obviously, Denzel Perriman is such a big part of what they do defensively. And uh, to have him not at practice, you know, we'll see how, how that develops later in the week. Trevor Merrick had to leave last week, but they do have a little bit of depth in the secondary. So, um, you know, that, that could be okay. Uh, definitely, anytime there's guys on that list, you know, last week, uh, it was clean. There was nobody on it. There wasn't even there wasn't even a list. So, uh, you know, that's what happens when you start playing games. Guys are on the list, and you know, you look on the other side, and I think it's easier to list the Cardinals that are healthy uh, than the ones that, that were on the injury report today. That was a really long list for the Cardinals. So, 
Uh, nobody's feeling bad for the Raiders if they have a couple guys missing. No, no, they're not. Not at all. Again, we're talking with Adam Hill here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And of course, you can catch all of uh, Adam's work on the RJ and also hear him on ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. Uh, as far as Derek Carr, we heard a little bit of his presser earlier. Of course, he threw the three interceptions. Just didn't look like he was uh, Derek Carr. He didn't look like his normal self in the, in the week one game against the Chargers. Uh, how do you expect him to come out and approach this game on Sunday? I'm, I'm sure motivated uh, off of that performance. And um, I, I actually was in the locker room talking to some other guys when Derek Cox, so I haven't uh, tuned into what he said yet. But um, I think there was a lot of encouraging things from the game and a lot of you know, disappointing things. Obviously, you're going to be disappointed in uh, the underthrow to, uh, to Devontae in the, in the corner of the end zone when uh, Sante Samuel was able to come off, the, come off of Hunter Renfro and turn around and run and catch up to that ball and get it. And uh, the pass right before halftime, which was just um, – it was underthrown, but it really was just more of a – uh, not seeing the linebacker, not seeing Drew Tranquil, uh, and coming back across from the other side. Uh, if you knew that he's there, you put touch on that, and that, that might be a touchdown right. to Darren Waller. Instead, he tried to zip it in because he didn't see the linebacker. And, you know, those are things that have to be cleaned up and corrected. But, uh, again, the connection with Devontae Adams was there, and I think will continue to be there. And now that that's on tape, you're going to see teams adjust and, you know, roll all of their coverage that way. And then Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller should eat. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think that there was enough good to, you know, to not. Not, not be completely discouraged, but I know there's a lot of things he wants to get better. And, um, you know, I, I know uh, a lot is being made right now of the fact that he was so unbelievably good throwing to his right and just so bad throwing to his left. I don't know that that's a thing. I think that's more of an anomaly for one game. We'll see if it continues. I mean, I know it's been an issue in the past, but uh, not as dramatic of a split as we saw. I think that might just be a short-term sample size from one game. All right, Adam, when you were in the locker room today talking to the players, what was the mood like with them? Also, when they're looking ahead, you know, putting last week's loss behind them, but also what are they thinking about the um, opponent, the Cardinals, coming up? Um, well, I, I mean, I really want to hear what Chandler Jones has to say about them. Uh, but I, you know, I did not talk to him today. I, know I, think, I think he's going to speak later in the week because everybody kind of want to, wants to get his sense. Um, I'll tell you this just to not to avoid your question, but I was working on some specific things, so I was, I was talking to them more about that. Uh, so I'll, I'll turn it to, uh, I had a very long conversation with Dylan Parham. Um, okay. And it wasn't really about the Cardinals. It was more just about his experience as, you know, somebody making his NFL debut and what it was like. And I think it's, it was a cool thing because sometimes you, you know, you just look at this as such a, you know, it's it, you live or die with the winds and you look at it as a business and all those things. And really what he wanted to talk about and what he was talking about is, man, how cool it was to just step on the field and play in an NFL game. <laughs> and, and I think you kind of forget about that sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I know this wasn't your question, but it was the conversation I had, so the, that's why I'm answering that. But um, he was just so, like, kind of taken aback. Like, man, it was so cool. The crowd was into it, and the atmosphere was great. And even though we're on the road, there was Raiders fans. And, um, and he, he rose up to that challenge and answered it. And um, he just, he, he, when I asked him what it was like, he kind of took a second and just kind of laughed. And he said it was, it was awesome. <laughs> and then I thought that was a, a cool moment to kind of uh, experience today in the locker room talking to him. That sounds like a it sounds like a story is on the way. It sounds like you got something in the RJ Bruin with uh, Dylan Parham. Checking checking about an hour and a half on the, uh, the website. <laughs> I love it. Go ahead, Devon. No, Adam, it's funny you say that because with um, Nate Hobbs, Vinny sent over some sound, and it was one of the last questions where it was just, how much fun are you having just being able to play all the different positions? And Nate Hobbs, he said, hey, it's a lot of fun to be able to line up against the other team's best wide receiver or closer to the line of scrimmage. So you are right that sometimes it's, it's all about the wins and losses, but just, hey, do you ever think about these guys are just having fun out there playing the game that they love? as professionals, but with Dylan Parham, do you think he's going to be starting either at center or right guard this week? 
yeah, I mean, it would be tough to not see him in the lineup. I mean, I know uh, the narrative about, hey, seven guys have earned their, have earned their spots so and they're all going to play, and this week it could be eight or nine, maybe. I do, we'll see. Right. Um, but yeah, it'd be hard to keep him out of the starting lineup at some spot. He was so good. You know, I was just looking through the numbers. Uh, Pro Football Focus had him as the third best guard in the entire league in week one. I mean, he had a, a really, really good debut. And I know he didn't play every snap, but you know, he was out there. He was involved. And, um, and yeah, if, if they might need him at center. I don't know exactly what the plan is uh, with you know, potentially Andre James out. If he's not able to play, do they, do they put him at center or do they say, hey, he's too valuable at guard and try out uh, you know, either Grasso or if Billy Price is, is up to game speed and, and shape and conditioning? I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. Uh, but if it is Dylan Parm, I think that would be the first option for me if it was, if it was my decision to make. And, um, yeah, I think you're comfortable throwing him out there, and I think he's, uh, he's, he's more than earned the chance to get a start in week two here for the Raiders. Adam, let's talk about the offensive line. As you mentioned, and, and you know, I asked the coach about it earlier in the week, about the guys that played, and he said that seven guys earned the right, and, you know, take it for what it's worth. But how quickly do you feel like that they need to find five guys that could be that offensive line? Well, they don't seem to think so. I mean, I do. Right. Um, I don't necessarily believe uh, the, you know, the, hey, seven guys have earned the right. I, I believe they're doing what they should do, and they're, they're giving guys the opportunity to play under the lights in a game and see who plays well and what combination works the best. And, you know, I thought, um, you know, I'm sure you guys listened to it and maybe even played the, um, you know, the Mick Lombardi quote where I kind of asked him about it and he started, he almost slipped yeah. and said, yeah, when we find that right rotation, he said, I mean, all the, all, you know, and then he went back to the company line of all seven guys. But um, yeah, I think they're trying to find the right rotation, which is by the way, what they should be doing. Like, I don't think it, it should be a secret or that you're, you know, shying away from it. I think that's what you should do. I think, you know, we see it in, in basketball all the time and it's, you know, sometimes it's not just the best five guys. Sometimes it's the guys that work the best together. Right. And you're, you're, you know, a basketball coach will early in the season experiment with a lot of say, let me put this guy with this guy. How does this work out? How does this five work? Um, and, and just finding that out. And I think eventually you'll find that and you'll see those five guys locked in. Uh, but for right now, that they're trying to, to, to figure that out. It's a 17-game season. Um, at some point in the year, I think you're going to find out which, which five guys that work best together. And I don't think it's a problem that you're doing that. Talking right now with Adam Hill here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So as far as this game on Sunday with uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, we, we were talking to a beat writer, a reporter for the Cardinals, and they were just saying how bad the Cardinals were, and they didn't expect a yeah. whole lot from them on, on Sunday. But it's a Sunday. It's NFL. You know how that thing goes. It's a, it's a, it's a tough game each and every time out. Uh, what are your expectations just from the outside looking in for the Arizona Cardinals? Like, What do you, what do you think the Raiders' biggest concern should be? So I, I, going into the year, I thought the Cardinals could go either way. I thought they could be really good or potentially really bad. Uh, after week one, I know that they're trending toward being more really bad. Uh, but don't forget this. You know, last week, um, and I'll use, you know, something from the, from the kind of the betting world of, of, you know, how people look at it. But, you know, survivor pools where you just have to pick the winner of a game, right? Right. Uh, four of the top five teams that were picked to just win the game all lost. And it speaks to the it speaks to the nature of we don't know anything, um, and anything can happen. Like it's such a cliche, but it's so true. Especially early in the season, you see results that you just don't expect. And I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I, I think if you see the Raiders come out and, and destroy the Cardinals, I think you would say, yeah, of course. Like that that's what we expected because the Raiders looked like they were going to be pretty good, uh, and the Cardinals looked like they're going to be bad. Yeah, that makes sense. But 
if you know Kyler Murray comes out and makes a bunch of plays and they were to beat the Raiders, I don't think it would be the most stunning result in the world either. Um, that's that's kind of the nature of having a guy like Kyler Murray who can do so many things and you know being consistent at times and not make plays at times and um, you know struggle to move the ball and then all of a sudden you know you you think you have him contained and he uh, erupts for either a fifty yard run or a bomb downfield to an open receiver like anything can happen. So I wouldn't be shocked by any result uh, coming up this week. But I do think it's a really, really important game for the Raiders. I mean, this is a game at home, home opener, coming off a loss. You should win it. And you know that either the Chargers or the Chiefs, because they play tomorrow night, are going to be 2-0. Uh, so you're going to fall really behind the eight ball if you're 0-2 start the year and you've given up one of those home games that you really have to win pretty much all your home games this year, the way the AFC looks like it's going to be shaping up. So um, it's, a, it's a huge opportunity for the Raiders to get a win, but one that they really kind of have to win. All right, Adam, you kind of answered my next question, but I'm just going to pivot and ask it in a different way here. With the Raiders, I, we saw the stat from ESPN, the win percentage probability of them making it to the playoffs coming off of the loss in Week 1. Then Now they're at 28%, and I'm sure that you know that number's going to go down if they lose here in Week 2. But yeah. you said the AFC, it is tough, and we all know that. But if the Raiders do go into it, and that's a big if because the Cardinals are not looking any better from what we just heard. How soon do you expect them to get it together? Maybe on the offensive end, if that be the, if that is the struggles for this team, like how soon do you expect them to gel and maybe Derek Carr work out those kinks that we saw from game one? Well, I I think they'd be very disappointed if it wasn't this week. I mean, I I don't think that they're looking at this as a long term, um, you know, figuring it out. I mean, the season is a you know it's a living organism where things change every week, the roster changes every week, uh, the team changes every week for sure. But I don't think the the Raiders would be satisfied if you said hey, three weeks from now they're going to look so much better. I think that they want to show big improvement this week, and they want to have um, a, a much more representative product on the field this week. And uh, So I, I think they're working toward that, and I think they'd be disappointed. I think fans would be disappointed if we don't see you know, some of what everybody expected from this team to happen uh, much sooner rather than later. Like they, they need to start showing it on the field. You, can't, you mentioned those percentages. I mean, obviously those change drastically week to week by win or loss, but, man, if you lose this game, you are – really, really putting yourself in a difficult position later in the year. And, you know, Josh McDaniel said today, we want to be our best at the end of the year. Of course, absolutely true, no doubt about that. But you can't wait until, you know, late November, early December to start getting those wins. You have to find a way to get the wins while you're improving. And so that has to start this week. Yeah, no, it really does. You're spot on when you say that. Final question for you, Adam. Do you expect to see uh, some of the screen game that we saw in the preseason that we didn't see any of on Sunday? Yeah, I would think so. Um, I think it would, you know, it'll help. I know the Cardinals are very aggressive in how they play defense, so I think it would help in that regard, kind of keep them off balance a little bit, make sure they think a little bit more about just pinning their ears back and going. So I think it makes sense in that regard. I think it's something we've seen from the Patriots a lot in the past. And you've got this stable of running backs that can all catch the ball and make something happen with it. So, uh, yeah, I think you're going to see that happen. I think you're going to see them run the ball a little bit more too. Uh, game script obviously didn't call for that a whole lot, but they were able to run effectively at times. Uh, in that game. So I think you'll see more runs, uh, more screen game, and a little bit more spreading out of the ball. I mean, you, you don't want to forget about Devontae Adams. You want him to get his targets, and uh, there's a reason you brought him in. You're going to throw it to him a lot. Uh, but I think maybe you know the, per- the share percentage might go down a little bit this week as they spread the ball out a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. We'll see how it all shakes out, man. It's going to be interesting. It'll be a hell of a game. I'm, I'm excited. It's the home opener for the season, the regular season at Allegiant Stadium. So uh, I think I know the answer to this, but what's coming out on the RJ that we need to be on the lookout for? Oh, Dylan Parham coming up. And, <laughs> uh, look, I, 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 you know, if you listen to the press conference, I know a lot of people watch them live. 
you probably know what I'm working on for Sunday, but uh, I'm very interested in kind of talking to the, everybody on the team about, you know, you see all these kicking issues around the league. The Raiders don't have that. Like, every time they trot out Daniel Carlson, they expect the three points are on the board. So I'm right. um, just kind of talking to everybody about the confidence they have in their kicker. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, Adam. Well, I appreciate you as always, my man. Great stuff. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Talk to you guys later. All right, brother. There he goes. Adam Hill right there from the RJ at Las Vegas Review-Journal. Also is on Cofield and Company on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. And you want a piece on Dylan Parra? Make sure you tune in to see what uh, Adam Hill's cooking up right now as he spent a lot of time in the locker room with one Dylan Parham, the third-round pick out of Memphis. 417 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, get to your, some of your calls and texts, and then we'll get to the voice of the silver and black. That's Jason Horowitz. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got the voice of the silver and black, Jason Horowitz, coming up. Less than 10 minutes at 430. We'll talk to him all things Raiders. Always good to catch up with Jason. Right now, we want to hear from you, though. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Still have Dylan Parham in the Raider locker room. We'd like to get to him before the show's over. We'll do the best that we can at that. Uh, got a lot to get to in a short amount of time. But let's go out to the 209. Let's go out to Hammer Lane in Stockton, California. Talk to our guy, Raider Jesse. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, what's good, Q, man? You know, just out here holding it down for the Raider Nation at 209, man. Uh, you know, it's been a minute. I had to check in. Uh, man, I'm, I've been dissecting uh, this loss all week. I'm ready to flip the page here, man. Uh, I've been listening to the morning tailgate, listening to you every day. Uh, man, what else can I say, man? I'm just ready to get this W, man, and get to one and one. Um, people have been dogging Carl all week. I've been through with Carl for the last eight, nine years myself, man. He's he's had his up and downs, but I'm not going to jump the ship now like everybody else is doing with Carl. It's a love and hate relationship with Carr, as you know. Um, I do want to see the screen game, as you guys were talking about earlier, uh, with the guy that was on just uh, before I came on the screen game. I didn't see nothing last week, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, what else can I say? Man, the defense they held it down in the second half. Man, they gave me a chance to, uh, to win the game. That's all I could ask for last week. Uh, my hopes were kind of down there in the first half. Obviously, being down 17-3, uh, Hobbs is a monster, man. Um, you know, getting that last play to, uh, to get the ball back on, on, uh, on Mike Williams. Um, what can I say, man? You just spread, spread the ball around this week, man. Uh, I was hearing the guy just bashing the Cardinals so bad earlier, and he was kind of making me feel a little better about, about myself <laughs> and my race. <laughs> I'm sitting at work, right? I'm getting, I'm getting ready to clock out, and I'm like, God, man, this, guy, this guy's a Cardinals beat writer right now, or what's going on? I said, man, bashing the team like he's a fan right now. Right. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. If, I didn't know if he worked for the team or not. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't work for the team, but he, he does a he does a podcast on the Cardinals, and uh, he's been around the organization for a long time. So he's he's very uh, outspoken. He does radio there in Arizona as well. Okay. All right, man. But yeah, well, it, it doesn't make me feel like the Cardinals, man. It, it, it's, it's zero and zero every week. That's the way I look at it, man. They're a dangerous team. Yep. I mean, Murray's, uh, Murray's, he's hot right now, still off that loss. I mean, he's getting embarrassed by Mahomes. And the way Tennessee dismantled them and say, they think that the, that the Raiders got to come out now and win by three or four touchdowns. But I would like to decisively win this game. I have confidence all in the world that we're going to turn this around and get to one and one. But I would like to win the game by at least 10 points. If we can't, what's the model? Just win, baby Q. I'll take, I'll take <laughs> a victory any which way we can get it. 
Thank you. Hey, great call, my man. Appreciate you representing there uh, in the 209, Stockton, California. Uh, shout out to Chelsea Gray, the home of Chelsea Gray as well. Uh, she's on the on the eve, uh, knocking in the door of a championship for the LV Aces. And uh, Hammer Lane, man, I used to work off Hammer Lane, so keep your head on a swivel, brother, while you're out there. Uh, that's all I got to say. Raider 562, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, how's it going? Q in the mind. Good, um, good. How are you? Yeah, uh, to go back to your uh, question you asked, I, I'd like to see uh, the, the gunslinger card. The gunslinger card, the, the step out of the pocket when necessary card, the put the ball on the receiver card, the card that I know and love. You know, and I, I, you know, I'm a fan of him. And when, you know, he's, he's good, he's good. And when he's has games like the last one, you know, then you just got to take it on the chin. There's, there's really nothing you can say. And I'm, I'm sure he knows it himself. Um, I, hey, I, I just want him to rebound from that and come into the next game. Uh, he, he definitely has to move his feet. Um, he, he's real stiff in the pocket. If he doesn't move his feet, I mean, he doesn't have to run all the time. But just slide or, or something. You know, I, I mean, he stands there so much. You know, I, I just want to see him move and, and and extend the play, stretch the play. You know, I mean, give it, give it. You know, give us the opportunity. But um, I'm hopeful, hopeful for the next game. Um, I think Max is going to do what Max does all the time, and I think I hope John will have a better game. Hope we, you know, see more from him. He he, he did a good job, especially on the run, the run plays. Um, but I want to see some more from from him, and hope we can pull out a win at home. Hey, good stuff, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. You know, you talked about, uh, you know, Jones in the run game. And uh, I know Adam Hill, when we had him on a little while ago, talked about Max in the run game. That's something that I don't think we pointed out enough. Max did a fantastic job against the run on Sunday. That's one thing that I failed to point out as well. Max Crosby did a really good job against the run on Sunday, even on plays like fourth and one, jumping over the pile and trying to make an impact and trying to stop the, the runner or the quarterback from getting that one yard. And one time it worked. Right, it was a turnover on downs, and that's that's an improvement on Max's game because it's one thing that Max probably will tell you himself that he needs to continue to improve on is the the run support, you know, the the stopping the run. He did a really good job on that. Chandler Jones was very supportive as well when it comes to the run game, and that's something that's been a knock on both guys really that hey, they're not that great in stopping the run. I thought that that was something. I'm glad you brought that up, Raider five six two. I think that's something that really stood out to me as well. And again, I failed. That was my bad on not uh, not bringing that up earlier. But uh, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate you. Got a couple quick texts I want to get to, and then we'll get to Jason Horowitz, uh, Raiders play-by-play voice. Mailman Raiders said, Q, one other thing I want to see is that drill for training camp where they're punching the ball out. I want to see that in the game and be effective. Even if you just get one ball out, it changes the game. It gives the Raiders momentum. And that is something that they worked on in training camp. They worked on it quite a bit, trying to get that ball out and create a turnover. Uh, The one thing I'll say, and I say it all the time about – drills and working on drills and doing it in practice you do it in practice it's one thing but doing it in the game is another unless it comes natural to you so if you are practicing it practicing it practicing it to the point where it becomes muscle memory that's where it's it's going to start happening like you're you're wanting to see in the game but if you're just doing it in, in in the game and you don't really take it to muscle memory it won't you'll just go back to doing exactly what you do during a game setting, you know, when the bullets are live. So I'd like to see that, too. That's, that's one of those drills that they, they really worked on from what I was able to see 
I'd like to see that translate into game action as well. One more quick text. Uh, Sir Whiskey Race at Q&D. I'm so sick and tired of these so-called Raider fans who bash on Carr. I remember it like yesterday, the dark years of having crap quarterback after crap quarterback. It was sad. And many years sitting in my seat after the many defeats due to awful quarterback play. We are blessed to have franchise first star class athletes such as Derek Carr. I've got complete faith in our new regime going forward. It's only one game with 16 more to go. Look forward to bouncing back here versus Arizona. I feel like our offense will go for 31-plus points. Lock it up. Sir Whiskey Ray. And I think, and this is something that I don't know the exact stat on, but just my gut feeling, I feel like when Carr has a game that's not a a Derek Carr-like game and he has a a down game, I feel like the very next game is always a bounce back. And, again, I don't have the exact stat. I'm not Josh DeBow from the AP. He has every single stat ever known to man on Derek Carr, including, you know, what – what he likes to order, like what drink he has when he has his meals. I mean, he, if it's a Derek Carr stat, he's got it. But I do believe, uh, if memory serves me correctly, then Derek Carr always has a bounce back game when he has a bad game. Speaking of uh, bouncing back, a guy that was doing a lot of bouncing in the, in the play-by-play booth at SoFi Stadium, Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black. And, Jason, are you still bouncing, man? You were getting a little dance on in SoFi Stadium. Are you, are you still dancing? I mean, a little bit. I'm walking off the softball practice field right now with a bunch of excited third grade and fourth grade girls. <laughs> so, like, a little bit. I, you wouldn't do it with me, dude. I, I, I was know. trying to get you excited. I was trying to get Lincoln. And, like, there was zero excitement from the two. I mean, you have excitement. But, like, where, where were your dance moves? Hey, man. You got six kids. Aren't you supposed to be dancing all the time? I'm dancing when I'm away from them. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) No, but me and Lincoln were the cool dudes in the room. We're like, go ahead, let Jason get that. We're like, no, we're not doing that. Lincoln wasn't dancing. I wasn't dancing either. (laughs) So so a little more insight into me, right? We spent the last seven weeks getting to know me a little bit. Yeah. My high school job, my job in high school, I was a DJ for Bar and Bot Mitzvahs in Michigan. Wow. And so, like, sometimes I was in front of the table. Sometimes I was out of the table. Right? So, like, you know, it's just, it's just my nature. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Hey, man, someone's got to be that guy, right? That's okay. You could you could always double as a guy on the side of the road that has the sign in your hand and you're flipping it around trying to draw attention because you could do that well, too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good idea. Just saying. I'm just saying. Again, we're talking with Jason Horowitz here, the voice of the Silver Black on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, as far as the game goes, obviously it didn't turn out the way that Raider Nation wanted it to turn out. It was your first game calling uh, a regular season game for the Raiders. What's your anticipation level for this game on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium? I'm anticipating two very desperate teams. And I know know no one's really specifically saying that. Right. But but – I, I think the stat from last year is that of all the 14 teams that made the playoffs, none started 0-2. Now, I don't, I'm not positive on that one. I got some stuff to do the next couple of days about big-picture things um, and, and things of that nature. But the Cardinals were embarrassed last week, right, at, at home. Uh, and, you know, we were playing at the same time they were. But 37-7 going into the fourth, both of Kyler Murray's, uh, touchdown passes were in the fourth. Most of his 193 yards were late in the ball game. Like there just wasn't a lot of good stuff that happened for the Cardinals. And most of the time in the NFL, when you get something like that, especially early in the season, the next week is something drastically different. So I would expect them to be very different. And then I, you know, look, the Raiders, man, everything we talked about all off season certainly came to the forefront on Sunday. Um, no turnovers in the preseason, and you just were talking about it. Three Derek Carr interceptions. Yep. No major penalties. 
or no penalties really in the preseason. And not that the number was high, but but you could certainly attribute the Nate Hobbs late hit, which isn't really something that I think he was intentionally trying to do. Right. But it was a penalty that turned what would have been a fourth down, and you know Brandon Staley would have had to make a decision, or maybe they settle for the field goal, and instead it gives him first and goal at the one, and Justin Herbert throws the touchdown pass to Xander Horvath. So so a lot of that stuff, the kick out of bounds. Yeah. Um, from from Carlson that that you know you wouldn't have seen. So like things like that. All those things that Josh McDaniels harped on all preseason came to the forefront, and then, of course, the sacks. So you throw all that together, and yet somehow they still had the ball with three minutes to go uh, and an opportunity to win the game. So right. I, I, I don't think it's panic mode for the Raiders, but they're going to play as in like, hey, we, we have to win this game. As they should, as they should, and you're right about that stat about, you know, no team started out 0-2 last season and made the playoffs in the expanded format. Of course, it's a small sample size, but it's all we have. <laughs> it's all we have right now, so that's what we well, roll that's, with. I mean, look, teams, teams in history have made the playoffs after 0-2 starts. You have right. teams that have made it after 0-3, and I don't know exactly what the record is for most or for worst start to a season. So, especially with the extra game yeah. and the extra playoff spot, it's not an end-of-year thing, right. but... But think about the schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. And we all know that. Tennessee is better, I think we think they are, than what they showed last week. And going to Kansas City on a Monday night and all of that. So so it's, it's, it's important Sunday. It is. Again, we're talking with Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black, here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. How much of maybe timing being off, like the Hunter Renfro interception, the underthrow to Darren Waller down the seam that turned into an interception, even the underthrow to Devontae Adams, how much of that do you think maybe played into the fact that they didn't do anything in, in preseason as far as Carr and the starters? So I, I, I don't know that we know. I don't know that anybody knows. I, you know, you, you watch Monday Night Football and the Seahawks and the Broncos, and it was 17-13. The offense, heck, Geno, Geno Smith was 16 of 17. And Troy Aikman was talking about, you know, because of the Broncos' penalties, he was blaming everything on the you know players not playing in the preseason. And how do we really know that? We don't actually know that. Um, and, and, and the reason I would add to the is that the Raiders got the opening drive, went right down the field. Mm-hmm. And, and and settled for the field goal, but they went right down the field on the long drive, and so did the Chargers. Right on their opening drive, went right down the field. So I I don't know that that's really the true factor. As in, I think Derek just made a couple of bad throws. Hunter Renfro was blanketed on that pass, and yes, it was behind him, but there wasn't really anywhere to throw the football. The the he said it, Derek said it. The the throw to Devontae Adams, he had him. He just underthrew it. So I, you know, I guess you could put that on timing, or maybe he just had a couple of bad throws. I, I, I don't know, and I don't think any of us know. Yeah, Jason, with that receiving core, I know a couple of passes were underthrown or just some misthrows, as you just spoke to. But what do you expect to see against this Cardinal secondary? That, as we had a guest on earlier who does radio in Arizona, doesn't think that they're that equipped to handle this Raiders receiving core. I would agree with that. Um, I, you know. <laughs> Our, our receiving core is much better than the receiving core that the Chiefs have now, at least we think. Um, and we just saw Patrick Mahomes go 30 of 39 and throw five touchdown passes. And a couple of those were to Clyde Edwards-Elair, who was phenomenal as a, as a catcher out of the backfield. And, of course, there's the Travis Kelsey factor. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes has been trying to tell everybody that will listen since the start of training camp that his receiving core is better 
than people give them credit for. And losing Tyree Kill doesn't mean they can't be a good offense. And clearly, at least through one week, that's still true. But those guys are not Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. And and so I, I would agree with that assessment of, of the Cardinals. Um, my question on, though, is, is, is Trayvon Mullen healthy? Is Trayvon Mullen ready to play in, in a way that, that he has at times for the Raiders? You know, you guys have followed the Raiders longer than I have in terms of full in depth. Right. I, I think a lot of Raiders fans were surprised that Trayvon Mullen was traded on cutdown day because I think they assumed that, that he would be a starter once healthy. And if that's the case, then, you know, we'll see if he's healthy. He, he didn't play last week. He was inactive. And have a different team. Uh, Q, I'll let you take this one because I think you have stronger feelings on this than me. But do you think he's going to be playing Trayvon Mullen? I, I don't. I, I don't. I, I just I don't have a lot of faith in in you know him being healthy. And Jason, that's the thing, man. He just hasn't been available the last you know year. He played five games last season, and for right. the Raiders, for the Raiders, he was going to be on IR. You know, that's like Raider Nation keeps telling me, well, they should have kept him because of depth. And I was like, well, they were going to IR him. That means that he was going to be out right. for the season regardless. So they got something. But I am interested to see how he bounces back if he is able to go out there and perform and and do something and provide something and see you know what the Raiders traded away. I didn't see the Cardinals injury report yet today. I don't know if you had it. Um, they, you know, they certainly have some majors uh, that they're working through. J.J. Watt and yeah. Justin Pugh, their starting guard, who's a veteran in this league, and Trayvon certainly part of that. I don't, I don't know if any of those guys were back today uh, at practice. I'm not sure if their injury report, if you saw it or not, but certainly something to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, I got it. And Trayvon Mullen dealing with the toe. He was limited. J.J. Watt didn't participate. Um, who else? Rondale Moore, the wide receiver, didn't participate. Right. Jalen Thompson. Pugh. Yeah, Justin Pugh. Did, he, uh, he was limited with the neck injury. Uh, Jalen Thompson, the safety with the toe injury, didn't participate. They they have a mash unit, Jason. They've got a lot of guys banged yeah. up. Yeah, well, and so do we. Yeah. You know, it's in different spots. Right. Um, but, you know, Andre James. Uh, by, by from what I understand, was not uh, you know practice. That's going to be certainly something to watch. And yep. uh, Denzel Perriman was back out at practice. Doesn't seem like the ankle is as serious as once feared, but that's certainly. I mean, Anthony Averett now on IR, and yep. um, we we've got our own issues to deal with in the injury front, certainly. Yeah, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of injuries, a lot different than what it looked like uh, a week ago. Again, Jason Horowitz is our guest right now, Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I uh, wanted to ask you about just the, the, the play of Nate Hobbs and what he was able to do. I mean, there was a bright yeah. spot on that defense. It was Nate Hobbs, and I feel like, especially with guys going down and being banged up, he's going to be asked to do a little bit more. What did you see from Nate Hobbs on Sunday? I think that storyline fits what it was during, during training camp and preseason was that, hey, this is a guy that's not just going to be a nickel corner. He has a chance to be a rising star in this league, and you saw that on, 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 Saturday, on Sunday. Um, you know, it wasn't just that breakup on the third and three on the slant that gave the Raiders the ball back and a chance to win. He had two really good tackles in the backfield mm-hmm. coming up from, from his corner spot to, to really help that defense. And, like, you, you just said that he was a bright spot. I thought the defense in the second half was outstanding. The first drive... The Chargers answered the touchdown to Brandon Bolden, and and and, uh, and that certainly wasn't good. But after that, they were outstanding. Yeah. The fourth down stop, the third and one stop. Max Crosby didn't have a sack or or, or or you know anything of that nature, but but he affected the game. He was fantastic. 
Nate Hobbs was tremendous. I thought Jayon Brown made a couple of really good plays. Not, you know, they certainly had some issues uh, with communication in the first half and, and lost some guys. But some of that, too, was Justin Herbert's throws. Um, you know, over defenders where guys were in the right spot, and he just put it in, in a perfect spot. So, I, look, yes, he threw three touchdown passes, but, but the, the defense gave the offense a chance to win this game despite six sacks a lot and three turnovers. Yeah. So I, I actually think they played pretty well, particularly the second half. All right, Jason Q asked you about Nate House, but on the offensive end, what did you think about Devontae Adams and his performance? Just This was your first time to be able to call him because he, we didn't see him in the preseason. So what was it like just to watch Devontae Adams go out there and work? I mean, my first impression was every time, you know, we're calling games, right? And my first impression is I'm saying Devontae Adams' name a lot. <laughs> um, it was like, is he, uh, there's Adams. Oh, he's throwing to Adams. Oh, he was looking for Adams. There's some more Adams. Like, um, it, 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 incredible. I, I, I mean, we're, what are we on pace for, 170 catches? <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> that'd be a pretty heck of a season. In fact, that $140 million extension would be a bargain. Um, I, he was everything we, that, that everyone talked about going in and what people have watched with him in Green Bay. He was, there were some plays where he was open. There were some plays he made some great catches. They weren't. I liked the quick passes to him, putting him in the spot to get 10 yards on the first play of a drive, which they did two or three times. Uh, to get a drive going. They didn't have to worry about getting that first first down, which is always so important. I thought that was great. Um, from our vantage point, too, you were in the booth. We were in a corner in one end zone, and his touchdown pass was in the other end zone in the corner. And so I knew he dove for the ball and was reaching for it, and we called it that way. But I didn't realize just how far out of his reach it was that he caught it until we right. saw it on the replay, yep. um, which was truly remarkable. There was a still shot, and I'm not sure. I, I, I want to give the photographer credit but i don't know exactly which one it is but there's a still shot of just how far out of uh he had to grab with his fingertips to get it and it's remarkable that he pulled that in and hung on to it so it was everything you wanted it to be he is a sensational receiver that everybody knew about and uh you know let's see what happens in week two all right, Jason, and earlier you mentioned about your past as a DJ for Bob Mitzvahs. So what was the song that would really get the Bob Mitzvahs going back in the day? How did you go from Devontae Adams back to Bar Mitzvahs? <laughs> so here's the question, though. And, and it, you know, I, it's not that I wouldn't have done other things. It just so happened that was the company that I worked for. Uh, Joe Cornell Entertainment back in, in the Detroit area. But, uh, I, you know, this is how old am I now? So I'm 39. This was my senior and senior year of high school, so this would have been like 99 to 2000. So the question is, did you want to get up and moving on their feet, or did you want to slow in and like, you know, set the mood, right? Because InSync was coming into play, Backstreet Boys. If you want, you know, 90, if you wanted the slow song, 98 Degrees. Oh, wow. 98 Degrees is solid. Oh, right? wow. Right? You know, and if you got to get the older crowd, right, it can't go wrong with some Luther Vandross. Oh, You know wow. what you got to do. Man, J- Jason, then, Jason, of course, the Jason, Macarena, I mean, you know, Q, Q and I are going to do the Macarena at Allegiant Stadium coming up uh, on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Jason went all the way boy band on us, man. He went all the way boy band. You said Detroit. I thought you were about to talk about Eight Mile, man. I thought we were going to hear some. You had some hey, M going. Hey, <laughs> how many of those songs can you actually play to a crowd of thirteen-year-olds before you're immediately fired? Right. Exactly. No, oh. you're not. You're not wrong. <laughs> Hey, Macarena, 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 so you're dead to something I don't know what the words are. <laughs>
Hey, that's great stuff, Jason, man. That's why we like having you on, man. We like having some fun, and that's what you bring to the broadcast as well. Fantastic stuff, my man. We'll see you on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, and uh, you and Lincoln will have a great call. I know you will, but we appreciate you as always. All right, there he goes. That's the voice of the silver and black right there talking about the Macarena, something that I never thought would have came into play on the show today. And sometimes those things happen. I didn't know that we were going to end up talking about NSYNC, and, and now DeMond's in the studio doing the dance. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That is hilarious, man. But, hey, that's a good flashback right there. My man brought up NSYNC, 98 Degrees, the Backstreet Boys, Man, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll say this, as much as I might be talking trash, one of the best concerts I ever went to was, a, uh, was a, um, what was the group that Justin Timberlake, it was NSYNC, right? NSYNC, yes. Yeah, it was an NSYNC uh, concert at the Oakland Coliseum when I was working for Wild 94.9, and the only reason it was a great concert is because there was a lot of women there. I'll just say that, man. Two of the best concerts I ever been to in my life, I didn't give a rip about the music that I was playing. One was a Ricky Martin show, and the other one was NSYNC. Both of them at the Oakland Coliseum. Neither one of them I gave a damn about the music. But, man, the women that were there was incredible, especially the Ricky Martin con uh, the concert. Because I'll tell you, Ricky Martin, man, he was the main attraction, right? He's what every woman in the, in the audience is screaming for, not knowing, or maybe they did know, that Ricky Martin didn't give a damn about them, right? <laughs> and that's okay because you know who did give a damn about them? This guy right here. This guy right here. I was walking around there like the cock of the walk, man. You know what I mean? Like I let my I let my feathers fly, man. I was flapping those wings, man. I, hey, man. I was I was I was pretending to be a Cubano that day. I wasn't even trying to be a black man. I was trying to be Cuban, right? Just just so I could say that I was somewhat related to Ricky Martin. Whatever, man. You got to say what you got to say to do what you got to do to be where you got to be. Just trying to say. Demond's like whatever. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. I just turned off my mic because I was too busy laughing. That's all I was doing. As soon as you started your tangent about the NSYNC concert you went to, hey, it was just nothing but like comedy for me. And on top of that, I was working. So not only was not only was it the best thing ever because of all the water that was in the building, but also the fact that I was getting paid at the same time. You can't go wrong at all. 4.46 is the time. I can go wrong if I keep talking about this. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Got a lot to get to in the next, I don't know, eight or so minutes, so we're going to try to go fast and furious. Got a quick text from Rob in Oakland. The first time I took a snowboard down a hill, it was fun, but I learned it's important to know how to stop after I collided with someone at the bottom of the hill. I think that's part of the issue with Derek. He's athletic enough to get the yardage, but in the past, I've seen awkward collision with defenders in the middle of the field. I think he needs to develop a slide to protect himself so he's not worried about the end of the run. Great text right there from Rob in Oakland, always bringing the heat. How about Mark in New Jersey? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Yeah, Q, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, real quick, uh, things that need to step up, obviously, uh, one is the uh, offensive line. Uh, pick five, stick with the five. They should have done that early in the preseason. Can't be shuffling in and out seven guys, you know, and bringing people into the building now week two. Every game's critical. Uh, and second is the most obvious, Derek Carr. Three picks, fall on the ground two times, could have had five turnovers himself. You know, he's the leader of this team. you got to play better. Uh, step up, run, pocket starts to break down, flush right, go left, you know, take off and run. You know, if they ever designed a play for him where he did a bootleg, he could probably walk down the sidelines for 50 yards because nobody ever expects him to run. I think that should be put into the game plan. And uh, coaching stuff, you know what? We need to uh, step up there a little bit. Um, we brought in an elite play caller. I just didn't see it this past weekend. Maybe he was a little nervous too. 
So uh, hopefully we can get that back going and uh, see the Josh McDaniel we saw in uh, you know New England. Thanks. All right, sounds good right there. Mark in New Jersey uh, bringing the heat on that text. Our call, definitely appreciate you, my man. Uh, let's go to the Raider locker room real quick. As Again, as, like I said, trying to get through a lot in a short amount of time. Uh, earlier in the locker room, there was a group of reporters that had an opportunity to talk to the third-round pick, Dylan Parham, the man out of Memphis, plays a lot of roles on the Raiders team. He also was talking to the locker room. Here's that conversation. Hey, man, uh, running out there, seeing all the fans, and seeing the crowd, like the crowd was crazy yeah. to me, and then the crowd noise, I was just like, obviously – uh, coming from college to the next level, it's just like it's definitely different. And I'm over there, my first play, and I'm listening for the quarterback. And it's hard to hear already. And I was just like, but no, nah, it was a great experience, man. I was just like, I'm so happy to be here. Very blessed. Appreciate you, man. Does the potential for you to get a lot more snaps? You guys, you saw a lot of action out there in LA, but now in Vegas, does that change a little bit more what's going to happen on Sunday and what the preparation is like during the week? Um, I know that coach, our coaches are Coach Josh, Coach making them going to put us in the right position. So uh, for myself, I'm just really doing what they ask me to do. And so just being able to play uh, any of those interior positions at a high level is something I'm just preparing for each and every day. So I was like, I'm going to get a lot of center, I'm going to get a lot of guards. So I'm just still working, uh, just being able to play anything so that when it comes time, or whatever they need me to be at, I'll be able to play that at the high level. Apologies if you've already been asked this, but there's a chance you may have to play center, um, depending on what happens injury-wise. Um, do you feel like you'd be ready to handle that uh, challenge? And what would the challenge be going from guard to center in an actual game? Yes, sir. I definitely feel like I'll be fluent. Uh, of course, Dre and I communicate, and he's helping me with a lot of that stuff. And then on top of that, just getting that extra reps, that extra work during the preseason, because uh, I've known that uh, me being as a player, just I knew I was going to be able to get a lot of guard and a lot of center, and I was going to be able to help the team uh, playing those positions. And so I've never stopped really just working center, so I've been getting a lot of reps at that. And then also just communicating uh, throughout the entire past couple weeks. It's just like it's very foreign for me at this point. And so right now, uh, it's just another thing that I'm doing, I'm just working at this position right now, something I've been doing. When you have to be vocal uh, at center because you're calling the, the line, uh, are you a vocal person and do you enjoy that aspect? Uh, I did turn into one, uh, starting to play center. Uh, a lot of people say that I'm more reserved a lot of times, but I feel like I am. Uh, well, when I get on the field, I can be very loud. And so, uh, obviously, doing that over communicating, that's something that you do with the office and position, regardless. Right. And so, uh, even playing guard back in Memphis was just like, I got to say those little things, those little extra details, and make sure that the tackle hears me. And so, even uh, during the past game, it's just like, I got to over communicate to the tackle to let him know because I was just like, we've been so loud. I was like, he may not hear it the first time through. And so, obviously, just being playing the office line, the big thing that we have to do is over communicate. So, center is just the same exact thing. You still going out there, you talking, you just letting everybody know what they're supposed to be doing now but at the end of the day we're still supposed to talk we are supposed to talk we are supposed to communicate thank you man. does it make it easier there you go uh dylan parham third round pick out of memphis in the raiders locker room we had a lot on this show today man between guests locker room Derek carr obviously your calls and texts as well 702-365-9200 and the salmon ash text sign at 69187 keyword r we definitely appreciate that Tomorrow's Thursday, kicking off another week, week two of the NFL season. Make sure you join Clay Baker at Chickies and Pete's inside Sahara, Las Vegas. He'll be there for Thursday night football. We're going to have a lot of fun, man, but make sure you also wake up with the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Clay, Heidi, and Vinny. Tomorrow we'll have a lot of heat on the show. Please believe that. Make sure you tune in. I'm excited already about some of the guests that we have lined up. We'll tell you about it tomorrow. DeMond, great job in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here, Red Nation Radio 920. Have a good night.